Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Matthew chapter 5. You ever wanted to make your enemies disappear? This morning, God gives us a prescription on how to make our enemies disappear. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. And in this verse, Jesus is speaking and he says it this way. Thank you, Gary. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. But you therefore, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Father, I know that of myself, I, I, I can accomplish nothing today. Holy Spirit, you're the real teacher and preacher here today. Would you open our hearts and would you open this word and would you transplant this word in our hearts and make real changes in our lives today? Holy Spirit, I just give you absolute liberty to do whatever you want to do in this place. Your will be done in us today. Amen. I've seen people down through the years and as a pastor that have run their race well. They have got themselves into the Word. They have nurtured. They've grown. They've matured. They've, they've, they've done their best to follow the will of God and and then I've also seen some that in, in, in doing all of that, it seems like it, there will come a time in their life when an opportunity to become bitterness, to become bitter enters in, and, and bitterness begins to take root. Bitterness is the only sin I can find in Scripture that says it has a root. It digs in deep. I wish that we could all live in a world where everybody treats us the way that we deserve to be treated. And, and there's always kindness and goodness and love puppies running all over the place. But we live in a world that there is constant opportunity for offense. We will be sometimes even on a daily measure be given an opportunity to get offended at what somebody has said or somebody has done and and you begin to stew over it something happened and it shouldn't have happened that way or something turned out differently than what you wanted somebody treated you in a way 
that you didn't deserve, deserve to be treated, or maybe you did, but now you become bitter over it. We see playing out in our country on the news every night of unresolved bitterness taking place, and it just takes a small trigger, if you will, to, to just blow up a situation and we, we, just, we see a lot of bitterness. We see, even if we look at it, King David, David was a man who, who, he had a destiny. We know that God had a will for him and a plan. And, and we, we, in hindsight, can see that will being carried out. But David is a man just like you and I, with the same passions and the, the same desires and the same hurts and the same helps. And, and David was a man who, who knew that he had a destiny and, David was a man that knew what it was like to have a king that was after him and make his life miserable. And David knew what it was like to face a giant as a 15-year-old boy and to see that enemy fall before him. But David is also a man that has passions like you and I. And, 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 and in all of those things, David kept his heart pure. But there came a day. But David almost lost it. David in earlier days had met a, a gentleman by the name of Nabal. And, and David's shepherds and Nabal's shepherds had shared a pasture together. And, and they cooperated with one another. And there was a harmony and a, and a, and a uni, unity between them. And, and now David has gone on to become king. And David is king and... He's traveling through the countryside with several hundred men and he has a need for some food and some water and some provisions and he remembers that Nabal is in this area. So he sends word to Nabal and said, Hey, could you help me out? I'm kind of in a bad spot right now. I need a little bit of something. And so David sends a servant to engage Nabal and the servant goes to Nabal and bows himself down and said, Listen, my, your Lord has asked that you help him out. And he speaks kindly of you. And he, he speaks well of you. And could you help us out a little bit? And Nabal takes an odd turn. He looks at the servant. He said, David, who's David? Who is he to me? Tell this pestering fly to go on about his business. I want nothing to do with him. You ever been treated wrong by somebody that you deserve better? We've all been there. David's servant returns to him and gets word of this, and David's anger just rises up inside of him, and he becomes bitter. When you had a need, Nabal, he's thinking, I, I was kind to you, and now I'm the one that needs something, and you treat me like this? And the Bible says that David gathers 400 soldiers and he, he heads off towards Nabal and his intention is to kill Nabal and all of his servants and all of his household and take what he needs. We've been there when we've been hurt, haven't we? We've wanted something bad to happen to our enemy. We sometimes don't understand why God doesn't just step in and and set things right come on don't look at me that way you know what i'm talking about we've all been there where we're thinking god why can't they just have an accident 
Why can't harm just come to them? Why can't you just show up, God, and get in their face and tell them they're wrong and I'm right? How many's ever been there? I want to make sure I wasn't the only one. So David is heading and Abigail, Nabal's wife, gets word of this situation and, and she knows that David is going to carry this out. And believe it or not, she's not as much concerned with Nabal, her husband, but she's concerned with David's destiny. The Bible says that she gathers some provisions and she sends them before her. And when she gets to David, she throws herself down in front of David and she says, Lord, I I ask you to forgive us of what we've done wrong. My husband is an angry man and he often speaks without thinking. And I want you to just take for a moment and to consider something. You see, Abigail is like a, a living, breathing truth in this moment. Like the same truth that I'm sharing with you today. She comes and she wants to stop you. There's somebody here today, you're wrestling with something in your heart and there's bitterness in your heart and maybe it's new or maybe it's been there a long time but but you're wrestling with it and you don't understand what's about to happen. And Abigail is a truth that shows up but, but there's a truth hidden in there. Notice that the provisions from Abigail came before she did. You know, in our walk with God, we we can't always do certain things in our own strength. If your entire walk with God is based on what you can do, then, then you're missing something. There's more to God than that. It's when you and I get to the end of ourselves that we really truly find God. It's in our weakness that He's made strong. And God has already provided a way out of this bitterness before this truth has ever come to you. God has provided a means out. You you don't have to walk in bitterness. You don't have to ruin your destiny because of the actions of another individual. Your life doesn't have to be this way. The Bible said that Jesus said that, that, that the Spirit of the Lord God was upon him and one of the reasons the Spirit was on him to set at liberty them that are bruised. We would think that the the bruised would need healed, but Jesus knows that a bruise is a wound that's been there for a while and it goes deep. And they need set free from from that bitterness because you know what? The enemy is after you. He's after more than just your worship. He's after more than just your prayer life. He's after more than your church attendance. He's after more than your Bible reading. I want to tell you something. God doesn't want your worship, and He doesn't want your prayers, and He doesn't want your Bible reading, and He doesn't want your church attendance. He wants your heart. Because when He has your heart, He has your worship. You see, we can worship Him with our lips, but our heart be far from Him, and that's a stench to Him. He wants your heart and bitterness reaches down into the heart of a person i've seen once beautiful christians just just so shrivel up and die because of bitterness they got hurt by something somebody did and they didn't deserve what happened to them but you look at them now and it's in their life and it, it's taken over and they can't get over that every time you talk to them it seems 
they got to bring that up. And that happened 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's not the will of God that we walk in bitterness. There will always be a place that that we have to just trust God. But know this, there is a, a spiritual gift of mercy, a provision from God that we in our own strength, we can't find forgiveness for that person. We get to the place where we, we are left with the question, why? Why did you treat me that way? Why did you do that? And it's a cage the enemy has built. He's convinced people that if we knew why, we could get out of our cage. But I want to tell you something, it's a lie. That why will just be another why. It's like a three-year-old child. Well, why, Daddy? Well, why, Daddy? Well, why, Daddy? They, ne- they run out of whys long after you and I run out of answers to questions. How I many know what I'm talking about? Why, Daddy? Why? The why, the answer to the why you're asking God this morning will never come. And if you can forgive in your own ability, you don't need God. But we need God, and that's why provision has already come. And Abigail says to David, David, you can read it sometime for yourself in 1 Samuel chapter 25. David, listen, you're a man who's doing the work of God. You have a mission and a purpose. And this one now that has come into your life, he's coming after you to make you bitter. Don't do it, David. You're better than that. That's the cry I want to put out to you this morning. Don't fall for that trick of the enemy. Don't let the enemy deceive you into thinking that you can't go on in your walk with God unless you solve this difficulty. I want you to know that your father has already solved this difficulty. He's already sent provision if you just hide yourself in him. I'm a believer that we can find a place in Christ where we can hide ourselves and bitterness can't find us. It looks for us, but it can't find us because we are found in Jesus. And we need to for, for, forgive. And, and when you get to that place, listen... I'm 56 years old. I've had reason to be bitter at people at times. And they've given me reason. And and sometimes I've given them reason to treat me that way. But I refuse to let bitterness define me. I refuse to be stopped in what God has called me to be. And what God has called me to do. David, she says to him, you've got a destiny. You've got a purpose. You can't stop here. She said, David, you'll go on. You can go, you can go destroy my household and you can go destroy my Lord and you'll still be king, but this will always be with you. That you shed innocent blood, it will never leave you. So she says, David, just, just make a choice right now. Just turn and go on. I've given you the provisions you need. That's God's word to you today. He's provided a way out. And the way out isn't something that you and I can do. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 18. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. 
a hard verse, but it's there. It says this. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Bitterness is a mind battle. You know what I'm talking about. What if? And why not? And why? And it just, you go to sleep and it's on your mind. And, and you can't forget about what they said. And it just pierced you to the heart. The way that it said it and the picture, that moment, that situation is right there. And you wake up in the morning and you try to start your day and all of a sudden it comes back. How many know what I'm talking about? It's a battle and, and you keep trying to plug it in. You're just, you're just trying to resolve it. You're just trying to understand it. And, and the problem with modern counseling today is they want you to understand it. Listen, here's how you understand that there's sin and sin makes people do awful things. You didn't deserve what happened to you. No more than Jesus deserved what happened to him. But if you don't release bitterness, if you don't release that, then torment comes. Why, God? So in 1 Samuel 25, verse 28 and 29, we get a word from Abigail. And she says, I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaiden, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil has not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. And that hits David. Those words. Those words were not coming out of Abigail's mouth. They were coming from the heart of God. And David is, is hearing from God himself when God said, Hey, re remember when you were a 15-year-old boy standing down in that valley? I told you to pick up one stone, you picked up five. And you put one in your sling and you slung it and it hit that giant. God is saying, David, I will take care of your enemies. Leave this to me. And Abigail is saying, David, David is sure as a stone comes out of a sling and nails an enemy, God is going to take care of your enemies, so leave it to him. And David now sees the wisdom of this truth, and he, he says, you're right. I nearly lost. You see, the enemy, you are a destiny from the heart of God that he wrapped in flesh. And the enemy is always after that. He's off, always after an opportunity to get you engaged in bitterness or get you engaged in a stupid argument with somebody and get you... In, you know, I, I've been around long enough. I've seen some church fights and I've never seen one that made any sense. We never become... And pastor, am I telling the truth? 
we never become more stupid than we fight in, when we fight in church. I don't like the color of the carpet. I think he preaches too long, too short. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too loud. It's too soft. It's too fast. It's too slow. Why at 10 o'clock? Why not 10.30? Why not 11 o'clock? Why can't we do this first? Why can't we do that first? What does it matter? What would happen if a group of people just decided to just go after God? Just go after God. Just lay aside our opinions and our wants and our desires. I'll tell you what happened. And when the day of Pentecost come, they were all in one mind, in one accord. And then suddenly, that shows an eagerness from God. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house wherein they were in. And they were all in wonder and amaze. And the Holy Ghost just wrecked the whole place and wrecked everybody in the building. But when we allow bitterness, bitterness to get in our heart, and we allow anger and division to come, and David says to to Abigail, thank you for this word. I came this close to throwing my destiny and putting a black mark. David doesn't know it, but, but out of his loins, Jesus is going to come. And he came that close because of bitterness to ruin it. Luke chapter 6, 35. Jesus blows us away about our enemies when he says it this way. But love your enemies. How do you make them disappear? You love them. They quit being your enemies if you love them. And sometimes when you love them, you quit being their enemy. The ushers came to me after service and said, Pastor, there's a gentleman here that would like to speak to you. And I said, all right, I've got to shake a few hands. I've got to talk to some people, put them in my office, and I'll be there in a moment. And so... I shook some more hands, hugged some more necks, talked to a few people, went to my office and sat down and looked across the desk and I said, what can I do for you, man? He reaches into his suit coat pocket and pulls out a 357, cocks it and points it across my desk. Says, I'm here to tell you why I'm going to blow your brains out and then I'm going to blow your brains out. My first thought was, Why do I have the office with the door all the way across the room? You know, if I was smart, I would have put my desk closer to the door. And then I took a look at him, and his name was John Bigfoot Halley. Stood about six foot three, 240 pounds of linebacker meat. I thought, okay, he's too big. You know what? I got no choice but just love him. And sometimes that's where you find yourself. You have no choice but just to love somebody. Listen, man, I want to tell you something. What you're doing isn't working. So why not try the truth that God's giving you this morning? Just go ahead and love him anyhow. A year and a half later, John and I took a vacation together. I'm telling you the truth. But love your enemies and do good and lend 
hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, he's still talking about how to deal with your enemies. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. But love you your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. What does this look like? John 13, verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. What does this look like? This doesn't look like anger. This doesn't look like revenge. This doesn't look like stay close and look for your opportunity to say the right thing, to prove your side of the story, to make sure they know that they were wrong. So Jesus, go with me into that room for just a moment. Jesus is in this room with his disciples and he knows what's coming on. He, he knows what's laying ahead of him and then just in the next few hours and the next few days. He knows what's coming up. And the Bible says that at this point, Satan had already put in the heart of Judas what to do. The man that is going to betray him is in the room. The man that's going to cause him unthinkable pain is sitting right there. He's not even sitting at the other end of the table. When he says to his disciples, listen, there's one of you that's going to betray me. And Judas had hit it so well that none of them even thought of him. And they said, who, Lord? Me? Who? Me? And Jesus said, it's not even one of you guys on the fringe down there. He said, this, this guy is so close to me that we're dipping our bread in the same bowl. You see, it's those closest to us that hurt us the most. It's that mom, that dad, that husband, that wife, that brother, that sister, that friend. And Jesus looks at Judas and he tells him, listen, you know what's in your heart to do. Do it. 
but he takes an odd approach. He grabs a towel, and he gets down, and he begins to wash all of the disciples' feet. Bible doesn't tell us who's first. But we know that at some point, Jesus, God, is on his knees in front of Judas. What a moment. And he washes Judas' feet like he washes all the others. I know what you and I would have done. We'd have left Judas to last, if at all. We might have just washed everybody else's feet just to send a message. How many know what I'm talking about? We might have washed John's feet for five minutes and Judas gets a brush and move on. But Jesus washed all of their feet. What a moment that was. You, you, you want to you know why... Judas was there. Judas was bitter. He joined on to a leader that was going to change the nation. He joined on with a leader who was going to be powerful. It's going to do miracles. He's going to command bread and fish out of the sky. And Judas had seen all that. And he, he got to carry the money bag. And times were good. But now, this Savior is talking about sacrifice. The Savior says, listen, guys, they're going to kill me. And if you don't drink my blood and eat my body, you'll not know, have any part of me. And Judas begins bitter. That isn't what he signed up for. That isn't what he's been working for. Jesus, I left every part of my life to follow you, and now you're going to mess it up with this? You ever been there when God's messed up your life? If he's never messed up your life, you're not living until he does. Because he can mess it up better than anybody I know. And he puts it this way. Unless you are in fellowship with my suffering, you will never be in fellowship with me. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes we go through stuff only so that we greater know the heart of God. That's all. That person that did that to you doesn't even know why they did it. had a man one time just blow my life out of the water. I longed for the day that I could just one day say, why did you do that to me? Finally that day came and I, I had played that scenario over in my head so many times. So many times I had thought about what he would say and what he would do. And finally there we sat and across a little table in, in a prison and I, I finally asked him, why did you do that to me? 
And I really wanted him to stand up and say, everybody listen to me while I make all of this right. And he goes, I don't know. Sometimes you go through junk just so that you're going to be drawn closer to the heart of God. And you can understand things better. And there's no other reason. So the supper was ended. He, he, he got down and he washed all of their feet. And, and he, he dried them and, he, and he, he loved on them. Listen, folks, it, it isn't important how well we run the race for part of it. We've got to end this without bitterness. We've got to end this without offense. You can run the whole race and lose it in the last few moments with bitterness coming into your heart. Psalm 74. You can read it sometime. The psalmist, he's crying out to God. He's saying, God, look at everything that's going on. Why do you do anything? You ever been there? God, look at this mess. Why haven't you fixed this? Why haven't you remedied this? Why are you just standing there? He said, God, men have come into your house with axes and and just chewed everything up. They've profaned the holy things. They have done all of this stuff. And you stand there in silence, God. God, when will you speak? Think of all that we've done for you, God. and, And now you stand here silent. God, when will you speak? And then he gets to the heart of the matter and the heart of this message. Psalm 74, verse 10. Oh God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand, even thy right hand? Pluck it out of thy bosom. The psalmist is saying, I I see you standing there. Your right hand of power could make this all better, and yet you stand there with it over your heart. Why don't you withdraw it? Why don't you fix this? There was a time when the disciples got aggravated with some people in the situation And they say to Jesus, do do you want us to call down heaven, fire from heaven and destroy them? And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. God, why do you stand there with your hand over your heart when your hand could fix all of this? God would say, do you forget You're my hand extended. And if I withdraw my hand right now, you would put a sword in it. When I want to grab a towel. So I'm putting my hand over my heart. So that you get to know my heart. And when the two of us are walking in agreement, then we can make progress. You have to release God to do in the lives of your enemies what he wants to do, not what you want him to do. And you do that 
by loving them. There's people in my life I can't go back and love. Some of them have passed away. Some of them would just be awkward. But do you know, if a man can commit adultery in his heart, he can also commit this act in his heart. God's not instructing us to go find everybody that's done us wrong and knock on their door and say, hey, you got a few minutes? I want to wash your feet. Somebody say, thank God for that. Now, he may. He may instruct you. He may instruct you to do kind things. He may. But where I think the Holy Spirit would have us go this morning is we got to get it in our heart first. Because man's the one that looks on the outward. It's God that looks on the, the heart. And so the bitterness that's keeping your heart. Your Heavenly Father this morning arrested your attention for the last few minutes to tell you, I, I want to fix that. I, I, I've sent away. I've already sent provisions. I knew this was going to happen before you were ever born. And I've made a way of escape. Would you stand to your feet this morning? John 13 and 12 says this. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. That bitterness. You, 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 can, you can literally... You know what? That's what David said. That's what happened to David on that road to Nabal's house. There's some people here this morning, you're on your road to Nabal's house. You... You've been on your road to Nabal's house for a long time, and you can't get there. But the Holy Spirit, through my voice, has sent a truth like Abigail's that said, Hey, stop. Don't sell your destiny for this moment of revenge. Don't sell your destiny to hold on to this hurt. When everything is said and done, I promise you by the word of God, everything will be set right. We just have to trust. So Abigail said, listen, you, you can go on and you can slay him and, and you can kill all of his house and you'll still go on to be king, but look at what you will carry with you the rest of your life. She said, your goal was provisions. Here's the provisions. Go on. You said it. You said it in your heart. God, I, 
I just want to be happy. Jesus just told you how. I'd be happy, God, if this had never happened to me. And God said, I can make it as if it had never happened to you. God, I could be happy if I'd, I'd just if they hadn't done me that way. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can minister to that need right where you are right now. David had a choice. He embraced the truth, and he left there and went on to continue to be the lineage of Jesus Christ. There's no telling what would have happened if he'd have brushed her aside. He said, I'm just going to get my vengeance. I'm going to make this right. I'm going to get my answers. Where are you at this morning? The Lord loves you. He doesn't want you walking in bitterness. I want you walking in joy. Amen. I want as many as will to come on up in the front. Would you join me up front here? I want as many as will. Visitor or regular, doesn't matter. Just come on up front. We could just kind of gather around and... That's why there's parking lines in a parking lot. We don't know what to do if there's not a line. Okay? One of these days we'll get little X's and put them all around and so you know. We even let you buy one. I'm just teasing. Where are you at? What are you struggling with? It literally... Jesus never made a promise his spirit couldn't keep. Jesus said, you want to make your enemies disappear? Put down the sword and grab a towel. Right now, right now in your heart, you can do that. What situation, what person in your life? Can you put down the the why and could you just pray for that situation right now? Could you just pray for that person? Not that they get their just rewards. Pray that they be blessed of God. I'll tell you the truth. i tell you with an absolute assurance of heart. I pray to God one day I'm standing in glory and I can look around and see every one of those people that hurt me. I'm saving my first dance for Jesus, my second one for my wife, my third and fourth for my two sons, and then I'm going for my enemies. Hey, we made it. So glad you're here. So glad you made it. And then Jesus walks up and says, it turned around when you released them. For whoever sins you retain... They're retained. And for whoever sins you release, they're released. Right now, right now, right now. Holy Spirit is here. Close your eyes right now. In your heart, right now in your heart. You can lust in your heart and sin. You can forgive in your heart. 
and be blessed. Right now, right now, would you just forgive that one? Would you, would you just do that right now? Would you just forgive that one? You shouldn't have been done that way. Would you just forgive them right now? Would you put the sword down? Would you put the sword down and grab a towel and just minister to them right now in the Spirit? Begin to pray, church. Just minister to them right now in the Spirit and just not only pray forgiveness, but, but pray God find them and capture their heart. Capture their heart, oh God. Capture their heart. Capture their heart. Holy Spirit, just have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father, we just want to be your children. We want to, we want to act like our Father acts. And our, our Father doesn't carry a sword. There'll come that time. Right now, our Father carries a towel. He wants us to forgive our enemies, love them. And so, Father, we just release. We just release every bitterness, every hurt. We just release every bitterness, every hurt now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we just, just help us. Your provision, your supernatural gift of mercy. I just call upon this congregation right now. A supernatural gift of mercy to forgive. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. Forgive, church. It's not worth it. You've got a destiny. You've got a purpose. God desires to use you. But you are stopped at that place of unforgiveness. The tormentors have been released to you because you carry unforgiveness. Forgive right now. Forgive right now in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Now would you do something? Those people that are standing near you, would you, would you just put your hand on their shoulder and would you just pray for them right now? You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they face. But the Holy Spirit inside of you does. Would you just pray for them right now? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Oh, God. Oh, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. My heart is heavy right now because I really feel like Holy Spirit's put it on my heart that there's someone here, maybe just one, I don't know, but where you, you have a hard time forgiving yourself. And uh, God says in his words that I cast your sin as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. But you hold on to that and you can't forgive yourself. Which is the same thing as setting yourself up as an idol that's more important than what God says in his word. And the Lord wants you to know that you need to let that go and you need to lay yourself at the foot of the cross and embrace that truth that God himself who made heaven and earth has chosen to forgive you and cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. And he, re- he chooses to remember them no more. And he would ask for you to do the same thing to yourself today. Oh, Amen. Anybody else? You feel like the Lord's put something in your heart? Anybody else? How many feel like they've had a release this morning? Praise the Lord. The enemy will never quit attacking. He'll never quit trying to plant a seed of bitterness in your heart. In fact, we're facing days it's going to be more difficult. We're going to be more difficult. There's going to be more opportunity to get bitter and offended. The reality is we're a very divided country and there's going to be hatred and anger like you've never before seen. And the Bible says that unless those door days were shortened, the very elect of God. So be, 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 be prepared. Refuse to let anybody be your enemy. Refuse. They, they can try to be your enemy. You're the one that decides whether or not they are. So just right now, just right now, just determine in your heart, nobody's going to be your enemy. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, G-O-D. ENC.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.